I'm done with this nonsense. I I <laughs> I have to say well, first of all, technology recording on an oh. early Saturday morning. I mean, is your computer hung over? Did it go out last night and I, party without you? No. I don't know what's going on. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you log on to The Watchlist Pod to catch up on all of our back episodes. You can also subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Engage with us on social media at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice, and at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And if you listen to us on Apple, please give us a five-star review. We would love that. That was a little extra breathy because I'm getting over bronchitis as well. Oof. So the lungs are like, and breathe. <laughs> and now speak again. <clears throat> oh my. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. And I am so sorry that I had no no show last week, but bronchitis. Yeah. Oh, that is oh, not a God. fun thing to have, let me tell you. No, and I couldn't talk. And you know I talk for a living. So I I just I, – I, I'm, I so want 2022 to be over. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I kid you not. But, hey, I watched – and I was trying to skim through through crap to watch. Uh-huh. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But the political commercials that are on right now. OMFG. Holy God. And I saw one today that was brutally cruel. And 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 and, and when I say brutally cruel, it makes fun of a stroke victim. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, obviously, living in South Jersey, we get a lot of... And South Jersey, basically suburb of Philadelphia, but close enough where, you know, we're going to just... We get those TV stations and all that stuff. And we have a very tightly contested Senate race with John Fetterman and, and Mehmet Oz. And some super PAC... And, and Fetterman had a stroke a few months ago. He has recovered, but his speech is not quite there yet. You know, I, I have a feeling that he wants to say stuff, but it just doesn't come out as quickly or as, you know, as eloquently as he would like to. Well, there's this commercial air today that showed him just having difficulty speaking after being asked a question. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, how low can you go to try to undermine somebody based on a medical condition? I mean, this this election is the worst, the yeah, absolute yeah. worst. Uh, and I do not even know what it's like in Illinois. Well, here's one. This is a pack ad that got pulled from being on the air, which I'm fucking glad it was because this ad was in such poor taste and mm. it's uh would make attack victims it could make them relive their trauma because it took the actual ring cam video of a woman on a street in Chicago in broad daylight getting attacked you hear her scream and the ad goes on about how horrible crime is in Chicago and this is all uh, the mayor and Pritzker's fault and, yeah. you know, you should elect Republicans because they'll make it all better. And th they yeah. showed that fucking video. And I'm, I'm watching this going, I hope to God they don't have that victim's permission to use that footage of her attack and that she sues the fuck out of those assholes. And yeah. sure enough, she, um, she has a lawyer and she's going after them because that has caused her to relive she's being further victimized and not this time by yeah, some political yeah. group who's trying to further their own personal agenda this is right <sighs> and it's and it's probably not even the candidate themselves it's no it's not pack. it's the people who play by the rules pack and all of those that group's ads suck shit 
They are yeah. full of bullshit and lies, and it's they're disgusting, those ads are. Well, and that's the one with the Fetterman thing too. It's not Fetter it's not Oz's campaign. Mm-hmm. It's some other it's super some PAC, PAC or PAC these, or something like that. These groups should not mm. be allowed to run ads. I, I wish well, they wouldn't. I wish the ads were just from the candidates alone. So they could say you know what, what they want to say be... and and nothing else. You know what? That's actually that would be good campaign finance reform. It's yeah, no nobody because else other the, than the actual candidates should be making these ads. Right, because then it would force the candidate to approve that ad. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they would be responsible. Actually, exactly, that's They'd got traction. Exce- it's specifically responsible for whatever's in that ad, and then we know exactly what kind of person that fucker is. I was sick, and I and I posted on Instagram for the first time in a few weeks. Because I was just sick of it. Oh, I, uh, I, I am just so sick of this. And actually, Laura looked at me this morning, and we're recording this show on Saturday morning, kids, just because I was watching yeah. sports ball last night. Go Phillies! Yeah! They won game one of the World Series, and I'm just very, very excited about that. But of course, I was up until like 1230 watching that victory. But she turns on the TV today and says, can we please just stream something so that we don't have to watch political ads? I'm like, fine by me. And I've said it before and I will say it again. And this is the last I will say about all this. I don't give a fuck who you vote for as long as, one, you don't fuck with me and my vote. Yeah, exactly. Two, you vote for somebody with some common sense. You know, and and three just is is sane and does not further perpetuate this civil war going on in this country politically. Yeah, I swear to you, just I just want people to regain their sense. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, I don't care who you vote for vote for whatever but make sure that your candidate isn't a fuck nut weirdo like brainless twit yeah so anyway (laughs) anyway moving on to more important things Uh, yeah like shitty reality tv all right how many things do you have i have two and a half i was catching up on all the things and i have six Fuck. I know. <laughs> oh my well, there's God. there's right. a couple that I totally forgot about talking about in the past. I totally missed them. They weren't on my list until I was sitting there thinking, wait, I watched that. I better write that down. Oh, I watched that too. Well, shit. I better write that down. Mm-hmm. None of these are, well, one is Korean. Only one. Wow. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, just to keep it light for the people. Mm-hmm. Let's do quickie reviews. I will try to, yes. Since you've got six and yeah. I've got like two and a half. And... I'll, I'll give a couple of them. I'll, I'll give the like the first three really quick briefs and I could do like pump them out right now. How's that sound? Okay. So that sounds great. Yeah. The first one, uh, Hassan Minhaj has a new stand up special that I watched way before vacation and totally forgot to write down. It's his new comedy special. He's. You know, he was uh, the Patriot Act, where he talked about current affairs. He had that whole series. Well, now this is just him alone, one one stop shop. He talks about uh, fa- fatherhood, family, and his professional part of him that pushes the envelope with things. And he opens mm. up about the toxic sides of fame and how that affects his family. And then the risks when you criticize very powerful public figures and all the fallout that comes from that as you know, which oh. affected his family too. So it's a really good. Oh. Sh- it was really good. I, I love Hassan Minhaj. I love him to death. And where is this that? is on Netflix. Then the next one is also on Netflix. This is the Korean one. It's a musical reality series that just dropped. It's called take one. So each episode features different musical artists from Korea, and they have everything from like an opera singer to uh, like a 
it's not a boy band it's a, a solo artist but he's also become an actor and he's kind of k-poppy like more rap kind of k-poppy and everything in between and they get to perform one song of their choice and put on the performance of a lifetime they can pick the venue the stage any dancers other musicians that perform with them however they must do this in one take. Wow. Yeah. And there's a brother-sister duo. They like did like a, a music video that was so fucking elaborate. I'm like, you gotta what they've got, they're like out in the middle of a wasteland, and the cameraman is like they have video dr- drone video footage, and then they've got somebody running around and they're running all over the place for the next scene of this video. It was crazy. And as the roll, the credits roll on that episode, you see the final product and side by side with how, what they were doing in the background between these two different shots. <clears throat> so they did it all in one take with multiple cameras. And you could t- they're allowed to do that. Just they only get to sing the song once and if they fuck up, too bad. Right. And it was this is really fun to watch. It's really good. And one artist, he kind of fell off of the I don't know who any other than the one guy who's an actor that I've seen in other things. I don't know who any of these other artists are. But one guy, I guess he was big back in the day. And then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth and wasn't doing anything. And right. he went through some personal issues. His wife died and other family things. So this performance is kind of like him coming back and he's still got he's got like he's lost his uh confidence in himself as a an artist and a singer so that whole one the whole backstory of his was just wow that was really heavy but it's really great show it's on netflix it's called take one if you like musicians and you want to see this challenge to perform make do the performance of a lifetime in one take that is really something. They get a countdown clock that looks crazy. And they get maybe about 10 days, uh, two weeks, I want to say. Prep time. Prep time for rehearsing and choosing uh, and finding the venue. The one K-poppy guy, he got to film in the Blue House, which is K- Korea's White House, where the president lives. Mm. And the, the Blue House has been closed to the public for like the past 70 plus years. And they just recently opened it so people can go and tour and visit. So this was a big thing to have a video recording taking place in the Blue House. like So it rep- he felt this performance could help represent Korea and show all of what South Korea is doing. So in the Blue House, he's running around. They have a big stage outside. Hmm. It was really, it was a lot. It was, that was kind of cool to watch. Um so take one okay. on Netflix. And the last one, this has been running for a while on AMC Plus, Interview with a Vampire, the new series. Yeah, I wanted to watch that so bad. Please tell me it's good. It's it is. It's pretty good. They've changed some stuff from the book, obviously. Like uh Louis yeah. is African American and uh it takes well, it still takes place in New Orleans, obviously and the reporter who is coming and talking to him, uh, oh, what's his name? It's Eric Bogosian. Yes, it's Eric Bogosian. So in the book, it, he's a young guy. And they mention yeah. that he talked to Louis in the past when Eric Bogosian was, or the the Daniel, the, the reporter, was just up and coming through his career. He's like rising through the ranks as young. And he finds these old tapes, these old cassette tapes of the interviews. And so it's like he's gone back to, now that he's a big famous reporter, now he's going back to Louis to talk about the whole vampire thing and, and that kind of thing. And the first episode episode opens with what I thought was yet another, commer- like a commercial that AMC Plus was doing for the master class. Because the guy, I didn't, I couldn't, I... I recognized Eric Bogosian, but I didn't like recognize him as an actor because he totally has that mm. news guy kind of look, you know. Mm. And I'm watching this going, this this I would not watch this guy's master class. What the fuck is this 
this guy's like total dick. <laughs> and then I realized it's part of the show. And I'm like, oh my God, they got uh, me. They totally got me. <laughs> so wait a minute. So, so the interview that he did with Louis in Interview with the Vampire is now in the past? Not, well, kind of, but not. So he, he talked to him in the past and now he's come back and it, it, he's still starting from, from the beginning. But you, as they talk okay. to each other, uh, uh, Daniel and Louis, you see that Louis has changed some stuff from his original interview. He's like, "Well, that's not how you, how you mentioned it in the the past." And he's like, "Well, you know, as you get older, your view of things you did in the past kind of changes. Your memory is a little different of things, and that just it's realistic in that way." You know, you you might tell a story one way from one point of view because you might ha- still have a grudge against the person who did something to you. And now as you get older, you're like, you know, I was a dumbass back then, too. And, it, you know. I still will watch. Yeah, it's eventually. totally worth watching. It's really good. I, I really liked okay. it. And Louis is like they're an African-American family in... Uh, 1910s New Orleans and his father man has this big mansion his father's successful kind of a rich guy and that's kind of not normal I guess for you know African-American families in the south particularly New Orleans so Mm -hmm. the you have the political people in New Orleans and their looks of him you know their view of him and and when Lestat comes in, he's like totally like Louis. What the fuck with these people? You know that are you t- aren't you tired of them holding you back and holding you down and talking to you like you know you're some kind of child or a dog or something to do their bidding? And it, it, it's just really I it's really good. <laughs> That's all I can say. Okay. Is it's really good. There's going to be a total of seven episodes. It looks like. Uh, yeah, November thirteenth is the last episode so there's currently one two three four episodes and the next Mm. one drops on uh sundays it looks like new episodes come out on sundays okay all right so that's three of that's three out of my six yeah and uh interview of vampire that's on amc plus that streaming platform also apparently Anne rice is making a big comeback in amc world because Starting on January 5th, the Mayfair Witches series will begin. With Alexandra D'Addario in it. She would be great in that part, I think, just physically as a Mayfair witch, as in the witching hour. (laughs) Yes, as in the witching hour of the series, book series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I've got, I mean, I have nothing substantive. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm and I'm just going to say it. I might as well just do all of mine right now and kind of be done with it because I just watched shitty reality TV mm, this okay. week. And when I say shitty reality TV, I have said before that there are some good reality shows out there. And shout out to Suzanne. What's up, Suzanne? Hey, Suzanne. Um, you know, she she and I have talked Bravo a lot. Mm. And I really like Below Decks. And I like Below Decks because, yes, is it is it contrived? Of course. But damn it, does it feel posh. <laughs> you know, it's like you want to be a guest on the ship that you follow these crews on. But to me, a good reality show shows an actual piece of reality. Right. And and the thing that hooked me on that show was when that windstorm almost scuttled the boat in that one episode that I just happened mm. to 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 watch. You know, any reality show as I put in air quotes that only focuses on one house or one room completely contrived. It's not real even though back way back when when they did the real life on MTV or the real world. Um, we all thought that was real reality TV. But anyway, so watching that happen with the ship, you can't make up wind and damage to a boat and how people react to that. Right. So that's what grabbed me. 
other reality shows that I think are really good because you can't fake this stuff, cooking shows. And when I say that, I'm talking about like Top Chef um, because you have to make the dish. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is nothing, there's no pretense about that. You actually have to create something. And the same thing with design shows like... Um, Project One um, Way. Project Runway and um, Making the Cut. You have to create those things. What I watched was the exact opposite of that. Oh, man. Um, the first one that I watched, and I watched I watched the first episode of Million Dollar Wheels. Ooh. It is on Discovery. And it, it, it um it goes behind the scenes to look at the cutthroat and elite world of celebrity luxury and supercar dealers. That sounds absolutely awful. And I don't know what I expected from this show. I I wanted like a lifestyles of the rich and famous, but about cars, where you would actually take me to the car plant, or you would take me to, you would give me like a like a really good overview of why this car is a million dollars. But it is nothing but a show about the the quasi rich people who sell these cars. And the one guy that they followed in the first episode runs this one um, one elu- exclusive car dealership and how he's competing with two or three other exclusive car dealerships to service the celebrities who want a $600,000 uh, car, mm. like Travis Barker. He got, he got him an all-white Rolls Royce with Tiffany blue trim. Why would anybody want it, that? that? That car is actually bad. Is it? Okay. Looking, I swear to God. Okay. But it follows this guy around like, I'm trying to get this car. I'm trying to get this car. And if we keep going with the little racist um, theme <laughs> we have going on this show, the guy has two very, I don't want to say very ethnic looking subordinates who are trying to learn the craft and come up with cars. But they both look Hispanic, and there's this one shot, and and the guy who's running this place is a, is a white guy. He is looking at them, kind of berating them, like you know, you should be on this. This is what should be happening, and they're look, they're like, yeah, boss, yeah, and just kind of, and then in a couple of shots down, further in the episode, one is driving the white guy. Of course. And just visually taking it through that lens, like, boy, you really are making this look like you've got subordinate people of color. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was intended, but damn. But they're blind to the way it looks. They're blind to the way that it Mm -hmm. looks. Because they work in this car dealership as well. They're trying to set up deals as well. And their commission checks are what people make in a Mm -hmm. year. Because these cars, you know, this the one he tro- sold to Travis Barker netted him a sixty thousand dollar commission. Damn. So they're trying to make a million dollars a year off of commission. Same thing with like million dollar listing and all that other sort of shit. But what I like about million dollar listing is that you actually get to see the house. You walk through the mm-hmm. house, and you're seeing all of this, so you feel posh with it. These these assholes are just I I just don't care I struggled to get through the first episode it is not the car show that I thought would be promised especially because they focused a lot on Jamie Foxx being on the show and I thought you know this would be cool to have him as a host and saying kind of like what's his name lifestyles Ah, yes Robin Leach Robin Leach I thought he would be like the Robin Leach of this show no okay so, yeah, just ignore Million Dollar Wheels. It's not worth your time and watch a better Did it feel show. staged? Yes. Yeah. And just like... Uh, like scripted in a way on certain things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of reality shows feel that yeah. way, too, when the people are talking to the camera. Well, not even that. Because There's they... uh, one that Dwight was watching about... It was, I want to say, South Beach... 
towing. Like there's a towing company in Miami and you go with the driver to go tow somebody's car, whether it's a repo tow or just, you know, they're parked in the wrong in the handicap zone or something of some parking lot. And the situations where the car owner comes out and starts fighting with the driver, it, it, it yeah. none of that's, then they had, oh, I, I had to sit and watch them with him. They had like supposedly an inspector who it's his first week on the job has to come and follow them around to audit them and might take away their license and uh, the whole thing is that that guy it's, it's just it was so it, like they got the worst possible actors that money could buy to perform mm. these situations and it was just such shit yeah well the guy that they that they focus on on this episode mm-hmm. he's really trying to host the okay episode. okay so it's not and like it's just reenactment it, bullshit okay no but it's contrived. Yes, yes, obviously. It's like he knows somebody's going to say action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes into it. Okay. So, uh, just whatever. He may have a powerful Rolodex of people, but the main thing about this show is that celebrities don't give a fuck who gets them the car that they, they want. They just want the car. They just want the car. Mm-hmm. So the drama actually happens where this one woman and these two or three guys are all fighting with car importers or whoever the fuck to get the car to get it to, say, Travis Barker or Jamie Foxx or um, Tom Holland. All people that you see in this episode. So the... They don't, you know, these celebrities don't give a shit where the car comes from. They just want the car. So the celebrities don't go to that guy for his impeccable service or... uh, because he can get the cars nobody else can get. It's just, this is a guy, I called him, he got me a car. Like, he's a dime a dozen. There's other guys who'll get me the same car if he can't. Right. At least they and don't, it's they about don't these point people's... it that way. That this guy is the reason why you, who, the guy you go to to get a car. Right. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. They make all of these car dealers look like if he just happened to get the car... Great, he gets the sale. Okay. And so, you know, they all know each other. They're all kind of friendly with each other. And they're also trying to sell high-end cars from their customers to finance other cars that they're getting. And it's so fucking contrived. Okay. So what's the other show? Okay, so the two other shows, uh, The Surreal Life came back on the air. And this iteration of The Surreal Life... Um, which is on VH1, has Dennis Rodman, Stormy Daniels, Frankie Munoz, Kim Coles, hmm. and um, the guy who allegedly had this affair with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith hmm. stepping out on Will Smith and who gives a fuck and this influencer who gives a shit. You know. Are they on this show, because I'm not familiar with it, do they live in a house together or something? Or okay, Yes, they do, okay. yeah. Yeah, I think they're in Mexico City or something okay. like that. And um, the original show aired 16, for the first, this show hasn't aired in 16 years. Oh, shit. Okay. And on the, origi- and, and on the original show, you had um, Brigitte Nielsen, Flava Flav. Okay. Amoroso, Janice Dickinson, you know, just a better list of D celebrities, I guess. <laughs> And this one centers around Dennis Rodman and Stormy Daniels and all of these. And one of the um, Braxton sisters, like Toni Braxton is the singer. Well, her sister is also a singer and reality star. And she thinks her shit doesn't stink, blah, (laughs) blah, blah. And and I'm watching this like, no, I got to cut this off now because Kim Coles said, and this is the only thing that I really want to read up on independently. She used to be on one of my favorite shows of the 90s called Living Single about four black ah, women. Yes, Think Friends, I, I, okay. except all black and female. And I love that show. I actually rewatched the first two epi- the very first two episodes of that show the other day from 30 years mm. ago. 
But she said she blew through all of her living single money and only had like tens of dollars in her oh account my. at one point. And so that to me struck of, yeah, that's why you appear on this show to make some mm -hmm. money. Dennis Rodman is obviously on this show because he's in whatever financial problems he's on and he does this reality show, but he's still Dennis Rodman. He thinks he can do whatever the fuck mm -hmm. he wants to do and he, re and he doesn't realize that's why he's not popular anymore. He could be fucking immortal if he wanted to be. And he just chooses to... I mean, you and I grew up in Chicago yeah. Oh, yeah. when mm -hmm. the Bulls were the Bulls. It's the same shtick, and he's 61 now. Oh, jeez. So I'm watching this, and then I just turn it off because I just don't want to see train wreck after train wreck and argument over this, and we're all struggling to get along. I th in other words, I think there was a place for that when that format was new. Yeah, when it was new and different, and you cared more about some of these celebrities, maybe. Maybe you care. Right. And I, and I, and the one or two I do care about, like the Kim Coles of the world, I even give a shit more about Stormy Daniels because of her thing with mm -hmm. Trump and, and that whole thing. I want to hear more of that story. And then Frankie Munoz promised that he would talk about why he left TV when he did. Okay. But I just don't want to sit through that i'd rather watch a real housewives of pick a city and try to feel like i'm a part of their little cabal and go around and have wine or some mm -hmm. shit rather than just go into a room and watch conflict yeah yeah and i don't want to watch that well anyway that's the surreal life on fucking mtv and then the last thing, or um, VH1, and then the last thing is Lil John wants to do what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Lil John, the rapper, is the host of a reality home fixer-upper show on HGTV. Okay. He doesn't do shit except say, what if we do this? And what if we do that? And... And he's, of course, got contractors and, you know, design people working with him. It is obviously getting another person of color on that network to do something. And he's got some unique ideas, but sometimes you can just tell on all of these reality shows, whether it's Property Brothers or Hometown or whatever that you get the feeling that somebody doesn't like what you did to their house mm -hmm. and that when the camera stops rolling, they're going to sue the fuck out of, <laughs> sue the fuck out of them. Like, why did you do yeah. this? Yeah. I, I, I just look at little John wants to do what, and I can't even watch it because he's outrageous mm -hmm. and these are his ideas. And if I'm paying you $200,000 to renovate my house, I want it to be how I want it to be. Not like little John wants it to mm -hmm. be. So anyway, that's Lil John wants to do what on HGTV. Like I said, I was sick and I was desperate for shit to watch. <laughs> and boy, if I had a toss-up of watching these shows or political ads, I should have just read a book. Yeah, really. <laughs> all right. That's what I got all this right. week. That's all I have this week. So my final three, I guess you could say they kind of go for some Halloween creepy spookiness the last one for mm. sure is going to be the halloween creepy spookiness uh so the first one is on netflix it's a movie and it has a huge cast of big names uh lawrence fishburne michelle yo carrie washington kate blanchett uh Charlize theron is in this it's like wow all these big names and it's kind of it's based on a book of the same name it's called The School for Good and Evil. Hmm. And it's kind of, it's geared more towards your tween kind of young adult group. I think that book is probably a young adult book. And it takes place in this mythical realm 
where you've got the the two girls, they're good friends. You got Sophie, who's obsessed with fairy tales and princesses and all that kind of thing. And then her friend, who's kind of a cynical misfit, where everybody in town says that she's, that her family are witches and she must be a witch too. And they go to the bookstore where Patty Lapone is the bookstore owner. Hmm. And... Sophie's getting yet another fairy tale book, and when Patty Lapone points out to her, see this little mark here on the title page? This book was written at the School for Good and Evil, because that school trains all the good fairy tale characters how to be good heroes and princesses, and all the, the evil, bad people are, are taught how to be evil in this school. And the school was founded by twin brothers and yada, yada, yada. And it, it, then we, they get to school and Sophie, the one who's into fairy tales and princesses, ends up in the evil school. And her friend Agatha, who's like, this is ridiculous. You don't, why are we even here? We need to stay in our town and, you know, you, this is bullshit. She ends up in the princess side with all the frilly dresses and stuff. And... It was a cute little story. Uh, Charlize Theron is a really good, bad, evil headmaster. She's really good at that. Just She's living it up, having so much fun with that role. And it's kind of dumb, but it, it would be good for your tween, preteen girl or boy watching it. It's fun. It, it talks more about friendship and how friendship's important and being loyal to your friends and you look like you're falling asleep. I know, I'm not falling asleep, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and it's just, it's a cute story and it's got some really big names in it. And yeah, if you're going to sit down with your kid and watch something, this isn't bad. It's Is not it terrible. Is it appropriate? Um, not little, little kid. No. I think okay. there might be some, a little too scary kind of stuff going on in this. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it might be a little too scary, but like your teenager, preteen, definitely, definitely would be into this kind of fun thing. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a cute little movie. Uh, the next thing is also on Netflix. It's a British fantasy drama series. It's called The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. Whoa. Also created from a series of young adult novels. So, you know, the main characters are teenagers. And yeah. this one is a little, it's much grittier and darker than that School for Good and Evil, which is kind of that comical shit. Uh, this one, in this world, you have the good witches and the bad witches. And in the book, of course, they're called the good witches are the white witches and the bad witches are the black witches. But. What? Wait. Yeah, that's in that's in the book, but for the show, they've appropriately switched it to the good witches are the fairborn, and the bad witches are blood witches, because we all know how blood magic is just evil in every story you've ever heard of. Well, at least that's better than you're yeah, a white witch uh, or a black. Yeah, witch. Yeah, when I was look reading this stuff about the book itself, which is called Half Bad, I was like, really. Really, you had to. You could have written and called these two factions of witches anything in the world, and you pick white and black. Really, really. Yeah. But anyway, so you've got Nathan Byrne. He's uh, when it opens, he's a little baby. He was just born, and he's got a slightly older sister, and his mother has been attacked and murdered, or committed suicide. They don't really know. Because she has given birth to the son of the most evil, dangerous, vicious blood witch in the land, in the world. Because this is modern day, regular world, but this hidden world of the witches and the witchcraft that's off to the side that people don't know about because they keep it secret. So everybody wanted the baby to be murdered because he's going to turn out just like his dad, uh, you know, nature versus nurture. And but there's this prophecy that says he will kill the bad evil father. So they keep him alive so he can fulfill this prophecy. And of course, because he's half blood witch, 
they have to question him and test him to make sure he's not turning evil as he grows up. And of course, the the Fairborn witches as teenagers now, they have to poke and prod him and needle him into getting angry because that'll get him in trouble. And I'm thinking, if you know this kid's going to turn evil, why would you constantly dig at him and bait him into attacking you? So this is a veiled metaphor for being biracial? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that could be. Cuz I'm I'm getting offended by this. And I, and I mean that I mean that sincerely because you know, when you're biracial, you're you're obviously not white enough for people or sometimes black enough for people. And if you're running with the fairborns or the white witches, yeah. They're poking the bear to prove, uh-huh, look. You're black, witch. You know, or, which and that just seems is interesting because the kid they cast in the lead is I think that actor might actually be biracial because his mom was in the show too. The mom is white and the bad, evil, vicious witch is black. Mm-hmm. I because I am not biracial. I didn't see it through that lens. I just thought, OK, he's got both magical people and there's the factions are fighting each other and the fairborn are trying to make it look like the blood witches are the worst ever witches and they're all evil and then when he finally meets a group of blood witches he finds out they're no different than anybody else they just they love each other their family it's just their magic comes from a different place and i'm sure that there are token other color people on either side yeah, like on yeah. the Blood Witch side, you might have one or two minor white characters. Actually, on that side. the Blood Witch side, the family he meets, they are uh, mostly white people with a couple of black guys thrown in. Mm-hmm. And the f- the first group they meet, they they aren't they're at some bar in Paris, and yeah, there's like a total mix of everybody in that bar. Um, the Fairborn. Were there any fairborns of color? Yeah, there was. There was there were some Asian there was an Asian girl, I wanna say. Um I don't know if there was an African American as a fairborn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I d I wasn't. Because it's really... okay to have an Asian person over there because they've got the same <laughs> shade of skin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm not wow, sure. I what wasn't a racist really... show. Yeah, now that you're talking about it, it is pretty racist. Um when you look mm-hmm. at it that yeah, I hadn't even looked at it that way. Uh, I was just more like I just I hated how they were all needling him and prov- you know provoking him, and then he goes, oh, you know what? I'm not gonna talk anymore because now that you're talking, you pointed it all out. This is a horrible show, and you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Even though I kind of <laughs> when I watched it, I kind of I liked the action and stuff and the magic they showed. I thought that was kind of cool, and the special effect they have of this one girl's power. She's officially a fairborn and her family, they had water magic and plant magic. And then she has the magic to literally have things come apart. And the first time we see it, it's a human being that he splits open and you see his ribs and his brain and his skull. Like it's all just pulled out into pieces in slow motion and then it all just like squat to the ground in just a big bloody mess of organs. It was wow. the coolest special effect I've ever seen in my life. That's neat. That's and cool. yeah, uh, there's only eight episodes, and I wish I could remember which episode that was in, so you could just go to that part of it. Yeah, exactly. Because I would watch that. That was so cool to see. And then in that same episode. Um, when she's first, she first like splats her little mouse when she realizes her power has come to her. And uh, that was like, ew. And now she's got this bloody mark on her white carpeting in her bedroom that she's trying to clean up now. But then, so she tries to test it out on like a, a, a pocket watch. And that comes apart. And it's really cool. You get all the pieces floating in the air. And I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of neat. And, but when... When she blew up that guy, holy! I was like, "What?" 
And now I'm screaming at Dwight, who's sitting with his headphones on, watching his YouTube videos on his phone, saying, you need to watch this. Look at this. And I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. That is like the coolest effect I've ever seen. Well, so, I'm sorry I ruined a show for you. You know what? It's good that you ruined it because, yeah, I wouldn't want to promote such racist. And I, and I say that because I loved the show Supernatural when it was on. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of times in that show that bordered on being racist. Because all of their almost all of their characters of color died, mm-hmm. were evil, or kind of inept. Mm. And if you take it through that specific lens, like if you watch the movie National Treasure, a movie that I absolutely love. Watch the characters of color in that in that movie. Mm. And the things that they have them do are either inept or just not smart or antagonistic, what have you. So I take things through that lens now. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that the bloodborne guy is black and the mom is white and she's good yeah and they're poking the mixed kid now sorry got to get off that train so so people and i and i mean this sincerely look at the subtext of the shit that you're watching yeah pay more attention and that feeds into it mm-hmm. what show am i not watching patty the bastard son and the devil himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. there you go. The final one, though, show that I have is definitely good for your Halloween creepiness. It is okay. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh. It's on okay. Netflix. It's an anthology series with like horror themed episodes. There, and it's hosted by Guillermo Tel- del Toro himself. He comes out and introduces everything. There are eight total episodes. I have not seen them all. And they star people like F. Murray Abraham, Kate McCucci, uh, Crispin Glover's in one, Rupert Grint is in another, Nia Vardalos, uh, Peter Weller. So there's they got oh, no some... Shit. Oh, Andrew Lincoln is in one of them. They're all... They're all directed by different people. Guillermo, uh, no, that's Guillermo Navarro directs the first one. They use a teleplay based on different short stories. Uh, They have a couple of H.P. Lovecraft short stories they've done and a couple of stories written by Guillermo del Toro. And they are, they're fucking creepy and they're really good so far. (laughs) The ones that I've seen. I've only seen four of them and... The next one on my list stars Crispin Glover, which I'm I can't wait to watch the one with him because he is so good as a creepy weirdo. Yeah. He's he so is. good as a creepy weirdo. And yeah. Yeah. These are really good creepy little stories. I don't want to talk about any of the stories because you just need to watch them. It's awesome. very kinda Twilight Zony, Outer Limitsy, Alfred Hitchcocky kind of a thing. Cool. Where the ending is an ending, but it leaves you like, that's where it ends? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I will watch that show. Watch the hell out of that, because that's damn good. All right. Damn good. So it's Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It is on Netflix. Awesome. Anywho, and there's been a, a whole slew of news but the one thing that I that I do want to say, news. News. Anybody who listens to us knows that we are of a certain age. And when I say of a certain age, that means that a lot of things that we regard as pop culture come from our generation. Well, one of those was the old Rankin and Bass TV shows. The Christmas specials. The Christmas specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You're without a Santa you know, Claus. Frosty the Snowman, all that stuff. Well, Jules Bass passed away. Yeah. And 
he was 87 years old and thanks to david for that for that tidbit i thought shout i sent to it to you like i said shout out to patty for sending that to us but um <laughs> it, it's just if you have never enjoyed those you probably know them Mm-hmm. They have turned the images of those characters into everything from ornaments. They've had spin-offs over the years. It, trust me, Rankin and Bass have affected your lives and yeah. a little piece of of holidays yeah. has also passed. If away. you're a fan of the movie Elf, the whole inspiration for the look and feel of Elf the movie came from Rankin Bass. Rankin and Bass yeah. specials. Yeah. Especially the year without a Santa Claus, that's that's it's really good. It now I want to watch lo- them, but it's not the favorite. right time. That's my favorite one. Is year without a Santa Claus. Keeping the show positive and ending on a good note, Trying even to. though, <laughs> even though, yeah, this show is just yeah. down, man. And I come back from Antigua, and this is what you get, folks. Thank God you're back. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, but keeping it light, if you really want some some joy in tv once we get through all this political shit i'm sure that these will air once because you know they make a big deal out of airing all of these go and find them and and watch them because they're they're just as part of holidays as any movie that you'll ever watch Mm -hmm. anyway well welcome back glad you. you are back thank you and and hopefully I will be all recovered by the next time and watch better shit than I watched because damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Daytime TV is terrible. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's why I usually, uh, for my background noise, I'll have Star Trek Next Generation on because a few mm. days a week, BBC America has it all day repeating, like back to back to back. Yeah, if you are tired of political ads like we are, streaming is now your best friend where it goes from one episode to the next. That's why I do Parks and Recreation like that. Mm-hmm. And and just escape it all. Yeah. So, it's, anywho. Yeah. Anyway. Everybody, make sure you log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. Welcome Patty back, by the way. Thank you. And, and let us know, are you sick of political ads as well? I would really love to know that. Are there reality shows that you would like to watch? And most of all, do you catch on to the subtext of what you're watching? You know, is there something that even we're missing in something that we have, uh, you know, we have expressed interest in and promoted on the show that you say, wait, 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 that's not good. Let us know that. Uh, Reach out to us, hit that contact us button on the website or reach out on social media at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson and at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. I really do. And welcome back to Patty. Uh, Happy birthday again. Thank you. And hope you had a good time in Antigua. I'm going to go take a nap now. All right. (laughs) Go recover more. Thank you. And uh, we will catch you on the flips. Uh, No, we'll catch you later. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay, Okay, bye. Bye.